Hi, I'm Elena Becker, and this is PS, the Puget Sound podcast, where we're talking with members of our community about their Puget Sound experiences. Today, we're recording from Moonyard Studio in Tacoma, Washington, and our guest is Sandra Tanji, an alum from the class of 2015 and a current Master's of Teaching student here at Puget Sound. Sandra, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming to join me on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. I think the way that I want to start out is, will you just situate yourself for listeners? What Mm -hmm. is your relationship to Puget Sound now? What has your relationship to Puget Sound been? Who are you? What are you up to? Answer some big existential questions (laughs) right off the bat in the morning. Right on. Um, So I am a UPS alumni um, class of 2015. Um, But I'm also a current graduate student in the School of Education, um, pursuing a Master of the Arts in Teaching in Elementary Education. Um, So I left UPS for a little bit and kind of um, did different jobs in different places and experimented a little bit and then came back when I decided that I wanted to be a teacher. And we're going to spend a lot of our time this morning kind of diving into that process in more detail because that's one of the things that I think about a lot Okay, um, is how does anybody get from a liberal arts degree that does not have like a job labeled on it, Mm -hmm. right, Right. to (laughs) figuring out what they liked about that and how you want to actualize it in the world. So Mm -hmm. I want to return to that. Um, But I first want to ask you a little bit about your undergraduate experience. Okay, great. So on that micro level, when you get to Puget Sound, what are the things that end up defining your time there? What's your major? What are the big organizations that you're involved in? What what matters to you and is formative at that time in your life? Sure. So something that's really cool about going to doing your undergrad at UPS is that um, you really get the opportunity to try a lot of different things and figure out what like really sticks for you. Um, so when I was there, I was in the geology department and I got my degree in geology, um, which was not really something that I thought was going to happen right. when I entered UPS. I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but definitely not that. Um, I didn't really know much about it um, until I got kind of like enveloped in this world that the like deep the department creates for you. Did you um, like science? I did, it? Yeah. yeah. I liked science, but I remember kind of um, thinking I was going to be an English major mm. when I first started because I was really into um, environmental literature at oh, the okay. time. Yeah, so I did that, and then I found out that um, the humanities classes were not exactly what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted a little bit more structure in what I was going to pursue. And so I started taking science classes and I took geology 101. And I think a lot of people kind of end up taking that class because they need like a science credit. And everybody who's done it knows that it's just like super fun. Right. I think a lot of people <laughs> are drawn to that because geology is a lot of being outside. Yes. It's very hands on. Yeah. It's it's appealing, I think, to a lot of people. And it's different than what you've done in high school, right? So if you're like, I haven't loved science. I need a science class. Biology wasn't my thing. Chemistry wasn't my thing. Physics wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. Geology kind of stands up in waves. Yeah, ge- the intro geology class really kind of like satisfies your desire for like interacting with science in like a very tangible way. Yeah. Um, right. And I think a lot of people just have a lot of fun with it. And, and you too, evidently. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. And then I just kept going. 
Well, and I wanted to, so you said something that I think is great and actually that nobody has talked about before on the podcast, which Mm. is kind of a surprise because we've been doing this for a while now. But you mentioned the culture that the department creates and the world that the department creates. And I wonder if you can just talk a little bit about that specific Mm. to geology, but also I think this is very true and I'm actually surprised that no one's brought it up before, but this idea of you having a community in your department is really important. Uh huh. We um, so the geology department is really small. It usually has um, I don't know. If I were to guess, I would say like thirty students tops mm-hmm. at a time. My graduating class had I like I'm really don't know, but I want to say like twelve maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's five um, full time professors. Yeah. So. It creates this opportunity for you to really get to know each other, especially when you kind of have to take the same core classes all together. Um, Another thing about the geology department that makes it unique is that we're doing a lot of field trips. So we're Mm -hmm. getting out and we're getting to know each other in that space as well, where it's kind of like more casual, but also has a huge um, kind of group participation aspect um, where we're like actually camping together and we have to like plan what we're going to do and how we're going to eat and um, the kind of extracurriculars that go on on a geology camping trip (laughs) as well. Um, But then we did a lot of events outside of school too um they have a chili cook-off every year (laughs) there's a holiday party every year um kind of like random stuff in between um so it really created a good environment for us to get to know each other and then we kind of had that support when it was time to get down to our um uh, thesis projects that we were doing and other like really big projects that you have to do in the geology major to like get that support from your peers and classmates and professors. And one of the things that I think you're really hitting on is um, how meaningful it is to be forced a little bit out of the comfort zone of class mm-hmm. with your department. And so I think in a in a general principles classroom, especially one if you don't know really any of the other people, there are kind of rules and social norms and roles that you play and like patterns that people fall into. But as you say, once you're either in a classroom with people that you are more comfortable with, you know the professor really well, the other people in your class are majors because it's an upper division class, Mm -hmm. you've gotten to know them all a little bit, it becomes much more relaxed and much more casual and much more community oriented. And I think that's facilitated for sure, as you say, field trips. I I think you're right to say that's a really unique feature of geology and (laughs) maybe makes that happen um, quicker than it otherwise would. But like in my major in anthropology, like we'd have professors who'd have us over to their house for dinner as a full intro class, right? And that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Suddenly it, you're a little more laid back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I can't imagine like being in a program where there's 300 kids of the same major and you go home to do your homework and you're just like doing it alone. Right. I think that's what happens at big schools. I guess. Because um, <laughs> like we would leave class and um, we have uh, this – well, all the science programs have their own, like, resource room, which is basically just, like, a lounge for the majors to, like, They're hang very out cool. and do homework. The geology lounge, yeah. I think, is the coolest one because you walk past <coughs> it right on the way to Oppenheimer Everybody Cafe. sees it. Yeah. Everybody goes past and looks in and is jealous of yeah, the nice couches and the pretty books and the fun the geology and... majors are having. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we would be just kind of, like, leaving class and then going into that room and doing our homework together. And I, 
I don't think I would have been able to like get through the rigor of those classes without being able to like bounce ideas off my peers and Mm -hmm. get help from them kind of like whenever I needed it really. And the other thing that I think is a pretty unique feature of the geology major, although you should correct me if I'm wrong, (laughs) um, is that you're not done when you graduate quite yet. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Um, on the path that you take, because I didn't really know I was going to be a geology major when I started. I was a little bit, I think, behind. Um, but then I ended up having to do a geology field camp through the South Dakota School of Mines um, after I walked um, with graduation so that I could, because the field camp requirement is... Will you explain what a field camp okay, is real so, quick? Okay, um, so a field camp is when you go out into um, some area and you learn how to do (laughs) geologic mapping. Sure. um, Which includes a lot of hiking around and looking for rocks and (laughs) collecting data about the rocks. And then you take all that data and you make a really beautiful, um, colorful map that shows what uh, kinds of rocks are at the surface in that area that you're mapping. And every geology major at Puget Sound has to do that. Yes. Before they graduate. Yes. Um, And there is not a field camp offered through Puget Sound at this time. Um, Oh, isn't there like a big, there's a field, what's the Iceland thing? Um, that's just a fun trip that you can do. It's a fun rock trip that you can do with the department. So different than a formal field camp. That's a separate thing. Yeah, so that is kind of like a geology-themed tour that the department gets to do because um, they have the funds from an alumni that donated a whole bunch of money so that we could do these, like, awesome global trips. Um, But the field camp is a separate thing where you're actually receiving credit and, um, you need to do it through another school because one's not offered here right now. Um, but it's really get easy to get into these programs. There's a whole bunch of different ways you can go about it. Um, I know a lot of people my year who did theirs in like Wyoming, Colorado, sure. kind of like Western U.S. Um, areas. And I actually did mine in um, a very small town called Tashkesti in Northwestern Turkey. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wyoming, Colorado, Turkey. And there was a student who um, did hers in Italy who graduated my year and um, another who did hers in Hawaii. So it really kind of depends on um, what your preferences are. How did you pick Turkey? Um, I knew that I was going to be looking to go abroad after I graduated. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted um, to do something that was going to be like a good jumping off point for that. Sure. And um, what was it like? Well, how long were you there, I guess, is maybe a better first question. So my field camp was five weeks long. Okay. And during that time, is it it's all rocks all the time? Um. Basically, yeah. Um, Obviously, like we had a real unique opportunity to see a place of the world that we would not get to if we were not participating in that program. Um, So we did get to spend some time doing some sort of like cultural sightseeing, um, looking around and playing in certain areas. Um, But Monday through Friday and most of Sunday was dedicated to getting information and making maps. Mm-hmm. And what is Northwestern Turkey like? Like, will you help me mm-hmm. see the landscape a little bit? Yeah. So, um, Istanbul is situated in kind of the like northwestern tip of Turkey. If you imagine it as kind of like a long rectangle, it okay. would be in like the upper 
uh, left corner. And then Tashkesti is about a four-hour drive by bus from Istanbul. Okay. So um, Turkey's a really big country. <laughs> um, but the European part is really, uh, like, really includes Istanbul and kind of just, like, the surrounding areas. And then when you talk about the, like, Anatolian part of Turkey, that's basically everything else. And then right around, will you say the name of the town again? Tashkesti. Tashkesti. Yeah. Right around there, what are we, are we talking trees? Are we talking scrub? Are we talking? Yeah. So it's um, it's really really rural. It's kind of hmm. It's definitely not like a desert area in the way that we would consider it in like Washington, but. Um, I guess kind of like in between like a deciduous prairie and kind of like a scrubland. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's super, super rural. It's a really small town of probably like maybe 2,000 people um, with just kind of like a small um, square area with a couple of grocery stores and a couple cafes and um, there's a huge market once a week and that's like how everybody gets their stuff. Mm -hmm. Ever wonder what repelling, a research symposium, and different types of moss have in common? I'm Tori Henson, Assistant Director of Admission and Transfer Admission Coordinator at Puget Sound. And you can go to pugetsound.edu slash stories to find out the answer. When you reach the end of your field camp, which is the end of kind of your formal training mm -hmm. in geology, your formal experience with Puget Sound up to that point, mm -hmm. how do you go about the process of figuring out just where in the world you want to go? <laughs> and and part of I know, <laughs> and part of the oh, reason man. I'm asking that <clears throat> I don't know if this is the case for you, but that was a really big moment for me because I come from a family where I knew that I would go to college. I'm mm -hmm. fortunate in that way. Both my parents have college degrees. My family really values education. I really like school. So it was at the end of high school. I didn't really. It wasn't a choice for me about yeah. where am I going to take my life. So much as it was, okay, which college will I go to? Mm -hmm. So for me, graduating from college was the first time in my life that I had really had the experience of I could do anything. Mm -hmm. What do I do? Yeah. Um, same for me. Yeah. Um, I knew that I had wanted to go abroad. I had been kind of saving up some money mm -hmm. and looking for um, looking for an experience that was going to put me out of my comfort zone. And... Um, so I, let's see, I went to Turkey and then I had also participated in outdoor programs when I was at UPS. So I was getting really into like backpacking. I was really curious about through hiking um, mm -hmm. and doing like longer backpacking trips. And so I kind of made a goal um, to do a through hike by myself abroad, which ended up being this three-week backpacking trip that I did in the south of France. Um, Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was intense. It was like August and it was really hot. Yeah. 
Um, and there weren't a lot of other hikers on the trail. I was like by myself for a really long time. And, um, after, and that was a really difficult experience for me. I, I knew that I like wanted to put myself outside of my comfort zone and really push myself. And I, I definitely did that. Um, (laughs) so then after that, I was kind of missing the comforts of home and I was kind of freaked out by having like spent so much time by myself. So I ended up coming back and, um, staying with my parents for a little bit until I, um, found a job that was something that I wanted to do. So I was kind of applying for um, jobs in like the Forest Service or these kind of like GeoCorps um, positions, which is like AmeriCorps, except for you work work for the BLM. What is the BLM? Um, The Bureau of Land Management. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Not a geologist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, and then I was looking at uh, like outdoor leadership programs as well. Similar to what you had done in school. Exactly. And so then I ended up getting hired by Outward Bound um, in Moab. And that was kind of like what took me into the next phase after graduation. Was outdoor education Mm -hmm. type stuff. Is that something that you thought that you would be doing? Like, when did that come on your radar really as a possibility? Sure. So that came on my radar when I, um, so for orientation at UPS, everybody has to do this section of it called passages. So that's not true anymore. Oh, it is it. I have, I have an exciting (laughs) update, which is, wow. Right. So (laughs) in the time since, and we can just clue everybody into the origins of our friendship, which is that back in the day, Sandra and I were passages leaders together. Um, And what you were about to say probably is that passages was a portion of orientation where everybody had to do some kind of outdoor trip. outside. So that could be like um, creative writing and and day hiking. And you would sleep Mm -hmm. like at this camp with like solid structures or it could be like a really advanced backpacking trip Mm -hmm. in the Olympic National Forest. And instead, what you do now is you still have the option. You can opt into those things, but you could also in their place do something that is not a wilderness adventure. So you Mm -hmm. could do like um, three days looking at the arts communities in Tacoma or three days looking at aerospace engineering in Tacoma, Seattle or food salvage in the greater Tacoma area. So it's still some kind of like immersive experience. That is actually exactly what it's called is your immersive experience (laughs) in orientation. It's just widening a little bit the scope and the theme. Um, okay. Around what you might do. Okay, cool. So yeah, that to, sounds super fun. Return to the original point <laughs> that you, you were do making. Both? <laughs> um, you cannot, which is a real oh, bummer. Okay. Um, although, I mean, now that I've said that, you can't do both through orientation. But as you and I both know, sure, yeah. If you had picked you the arts program, there's absolutely nothing to stop you the next week once you're in school from signing up for a backpacking trip. Exactly. And likewise, if you picked overnight canoeing for orientation, you could pop right over to um, the Center for Intercultural and Civic Engagement and sign up to go participate in like a food salvage program in the community. Mm -hmm. Well, I will say that. So when I went through orientation, that was my first backpacking trip. Me too. Yeah. And it was something that I like kind of knew about, but never imagined that I would like have the skills and resources to just like up and do it. Right. Um, So that was a huge, huge experience for me, which ended up kind of like this resulting in this like whole course of my life um yeah so I love and I loved it like I had so much fun I loved my uh my passages leaders they were like Mm -hmm. super cool I um formed really strong bonds with other kids in my group and um 
we just like got along super well. And so I really wanted to continue being a part of that experience. Um, so I decided to apply to be a passages leader and then um, kind of like my sophomore year of, well, the beginning of my sophomore year of college, I, um, after doing the passages thing, I started pursuing mm -hmm. um, the like outdoor leadership stuff that was available through Puget Sound Outdoors. And I don't think I knew that your first backpacking trip was during orientation. Mm -hmm. um, and it's striking to me to hear that because that was the same for me. Mm -hmm. You're a couple years older than I am. And I think because of how involved you were in Puget Sound Outdoors by the time I came along, you have always been somebody that I thought of as like, oh, Sandra's got Sandra's got it. <laughs> like Sandra's backcountry <laughs> skills are are like so sharp and she knows what she's doing. And she I I always thought of you as somebody who had just sort of like entered the world with this technical expertise. Yeah, that's not the case. Yeah. I never I went camping with my family growing mm -hmm. up. We were not an outdoorsy family. Um, I grew up in a suburb of St. Paul, Minnesota, and um, we just didn't really do that stuff. We did like city things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that was like a whole new world for me. And, um, a lot of, I mean, I guess everything that I knew at that point when I was still in mm -hmm. school, um, with you was stuff that I learned from PSO and that community. And then what takes you to Outward Bound? Um, I think it was kind of a continuation of wanting to be a part of that community. Mm -hmm. And once you're there, are you leading, what kind of trips are you leading in Moab? So, um, it gets kind of complicated at this point. So I was a, um, logistics coordinator. Great. For Outward Bound. So I didn't, um, lead trips, but I like packed out the trips and, and um, I would like pick up the kids out at the end of their river trip and drive right. them and drop them off in this canyon or right. um, and then like camp with them for a couple days and like hang out while they get ready to go on their like two months long backpacking trip. And um, there was a lot of moving parts of those trips because there was like a river aspect, a canyon aspect, a climbing aspect, a backpacking aspect and um, tons and tons and tons of gear that goes along with all those things right. that need to be dealt with. And you should tell me if I'm like spinning a wrong narrative here, but I, I'm starting to draw a dotted line between this and realizing that you want to be a teacher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wrong? Let me, well, <laughs> um, no, not wrong because um, I at that point was really, really interested in um, working with kids and showing them how gratifying it can feel to be able to take care of yourself and your friends outside. Right. Um, and another kind of deep passion of mine is environmental education mm -hmm. um, and teaching kids about nature and our relationships with the world. Um, and outdoor education is kind of a convenient way to, like, marry those two ideals. Um, and uh, it was really satisfying for me for a long time. Um, but I kind of like came to a point where I realized that outdoor and environmental education is available to a very small subset of youth. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to be able to take my passion to all kids. 
Mm. You know, not the, just the ones that can afford to go to camp or go to Outward Bound or whatever. When do you first get into a classroom? Um, well, I have been in a fifth grade classroom since the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that first position is kind of a kind of like a shadowing position. So you have a mentor teacher and you are in their classroom with them doing basically whatever it is they need you to do um, support-wise. clarify too, this is as a part of your MAT program. This is a part, of, part of the of MAT program. So they yeah. actually place you in these positions. Yep. Um, and um, sometimes you're teaching in the front of the class if that's what mm-hmm. the teacher wants you to do. Sometimes you're walking around kind of like giving them support as they're trying to figure out their math homework or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that first placement goes on for, I think, like seven weeks. Okay. Um, and we're actually right now in this transition where we're, we stopped our first placement and we're moving into our second one, um, which ideally becomes your student teaching placement in the spring semester. Did you know that you wanted to do elementary education when you entered the program? Mm, Yeah. So you need to pick elementary or secondary. Great. um, When you apply. And how? Oh, uh, you go ahead. I didn't mean to Yeah. So, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do because I love science and I want to be a science teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have been working with elementary students for the last like year and a half and I I really like working with them Mm -hmm. um and so it was kind of a back and forth for me for a little while but the elementary certification is a K through eight so I kind of figured that if I did K through eight then I could go into middle school science if I wanted to and I could teach science but continue to work with that age group that I like right Absolutely. And I realizing that you're only two months into your master's degree. Yeah. More than that. Two months yeah, in. But it's only a one year program. So, so you're things making, happen fast. Yeah. You're making progress. <laughs> so um, what's it like? How's it been? What kinds of stuff are you learning? Oh, my gosh. It is. Um, it's pretty crazy. I um, didn't really know what to expect, um, but I think a unique part of the elementary um, section fall semester is that you take this class where you are learning all of the different aspects of gen ed. So mm-hmm. you have a class for math and science. You have a class for uh, ELA, English language arts and social studies. And then you have a class for health and PE and music um, and art and all of these different aspects that go into being a gen ed teacher. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like... It's crazy. It's like taking like like five classes at once. <laughs> <laughs> and what is it like coming back to Puget Sound again? Um, it is pretty cool. I mean, it's a beautiful campus, and I have such amazing memories from my undergrad experience here. And uh, I I really like being able to like look at this place as like the the place where in my life I have done like the most like learning and growing. Mm. Um, And that's a really cool thing to be immersed in. Um, So since I graduated in 2015, there's like nobody still in school who was there um, when I was in my undergrad program. Mm -hmm. And um, that's been interesting because I feel like. UPS kind of attracts the same type of 
undergraduate student, and I walk around and I see a lot of similarities of like just seeing how kids kind of group up and Mm -hmm. move through the space and the way they dress and, um, you know, like who's hanging out in diversions. It seems (laughs) like it seems exactly the same as it was when I was there, but with different people. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I really appreciated being able to like see some faculty members there that were there when I was doing my undergrad. Um, They had a huge a huge impact on my experience when I was there. Sandra, we end all of our conversations by asking everybody the same four questions. Okay. Question one is, what's the best place on campus? Oppenheimer Cafe. Question two (laughs) is, what are you reading right now? Right now I am reading um, A Brief History of Seven Killings by Marlon James. Mm -hmm. Best place to eat in Tacoma? Oh, that's so hard. (laughs) Um, I think the Red Hot. (laughs) And lastly, what makes Puget Sound special? Mm, Um... The really individualized experience that you get to have when you're at UPS um, and the people, including students, staff, faculty, who um, really work hard to tailor your experience to be the way that you want it to be and the way that makes sense for you. Sandra Tanji, thanks for joining me on the Puget Sound podcast. Yay, you're welcome. This was fun. Thank you to our guest and to you, the listener. You can follow Puget Sound on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at UNIV, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. And we hope you'll join us next time for another episode of P.S., the Puget Sound podcast.